You're listening to the Life Unlocked podcast brought to you by Game Quitters. Your hosts, James and Mattis, will be talking all things personal development without taking ourselves too seriously. We speak from personal experience and years of passion to bring you advice about everything from creativity and focus to quitting technology and lifting weights. With guest interviews and casual conversations, be sure to find something you enjoy, whether you're listening in your car or in the shower. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of the Life and Luck podcast is all about creativity. We talk about flow states, perfectionism, and how to go to a writer's block when you're just not feeling in the mood to create. Enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. This is a uh, creative episode of uh, the Life Unlocked podcast brought to you by Game Quitters. As always, your hosts, uh, myself, James and Mattis. How are you doing? Hi, good. I'm kind of sweating here because it's, it's very warm up in Glasgow, but otherwise I'm doing really good. How are you doing? That's the, Yeah, that's, that's one sentence that's never been uttered in the word <laughs> of man. Uh, yeah, likewise, it is a hot, humid, heat wave hell. <laughs> I hate it. We don't have air conditioning <laughs> in the UK, at least unless you're rich. <laughs> so I'm sweating, I'm sticky, and I just, I, I got to get out of here. You get the full British summer experience. <laughs> this is, yeah, this isn't British summer. This is, this, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Suffering. This is like, yeah, British summer brought to you by the surface of the sun. <laughs> I know I'm overreacting, but that's typical British uh nature if the weather's even slightly inconveniencing i'm like we overreact (laughs) and but yeah on this uh, on this episode today we're going to be talking everything creativity and whether that uh whether you struggle with writer's block or perfectionism you can't get into that flow state whatever it is how to or how to actually get work done uh we're going to go over a few different topics that we've encountered in our lives uh, i know i've got a lot of experience on the creative side and uh mattis as well he uh studied writing or english oh yeah <laughs> and uh which i'm sure is hugely beneficial to you in your career as a programmer in theory there, um, there are there are some parallels we can talk about that but not, not as yeah, much as um, you know a different course <laughs> yeah and one thing i want to talk to you about is uh, how creative programming is because um, people kind of think of it as this boring very rigid uh, almost robotic kind of thing whereas in reality depending on what you're doing at least programming and coding can be pretty damn creative uh, yeah there's a caveat like you you have to have a job where you can express your creativity. <laughs> it's it's not every job is like that, but when you find a job like yeah. that, then it's oh, then it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you decide to just do front end, you're gonna be pretty damn creative all the time. <laughs> or you have a designer uh, yeah. who tells you that yeah, you you should program up <laughs> this thing, and then you have to be yeah. the designer and really be that creative person in the team. But you know, depends. It, yeah. it can work both ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, let's let's start off with the. Uh, with some uh, quick little discussion about our experience with creativity. Uh, I mentioned, obviously, your experience with English and programming, but aside from that, is there anything else you've done that would uh, gives you some insight into 
getting creative work done? Yeah, well, my biggest experience with the creative process is actually it was writing and I was writing a book when I came. I came to study English, as you've said, because I wanted to be a writer. And I was just writing. I was writing every day when I, I went to uni. I would write in the morning before my classes. I would come home, write a bit after classes. And I was just really living, I would say, this kind of creative lifestyle where even my assignments were usually, I would say, creative to an extent. Like I would write an essay and I would yeah. kind of do a few. We would have to write poems for one of our classes. So that was kind of fun for 10 weeks. And yeah, I I want I to say I never finished the the novel because there is a lot more to writing a novel than I thought there is. But yeah. I think I'm kind of accustomed to the process now, and I'll be probably doing more of that in the future as a part of you know maybe my job, but also as like in my own spare time because writing is that that is the one thing I feel I'm, I'm I can do well creatively, and it's also very energizing at the same time. So the <laughs> writing is a big part of my life. So that's, that's the one creative outlet of me. But what about you? Uh, gosh, I probably started when I was fairly young. I've always been quite into music. Uh, started learning the piano when I was eight. Hmm. Um, then got into guitar, violin, um, photography, drawing, writing, loads of stuff, graphic design and web development. Because uh, I, I was, I was always of this mindset that I was going to go and do physics at university from a young age, which I did, and I never really considered myself a creative. And it wasn't until I dropped out of university that I realised I'm actually quite a creative individual, and I've been not necessarily restricting myself my entire life, but I've definitely been missing out on a lot of it opportunities just because I prioritised maths and physics um i wasn't involved in as involved in performing arts and music production as i would have liked to even though i did do music technology um like engineer stuff as a as an a-level in college uh but yeah i was i was always uh, restricting myself to just stem stuff as i was told to do because that's what <laughs> gets you a good job that's what makes money uh, but once, unfortunately yeah exactly uh, but once i let myself open up to this creative side and i really explored photography and web design and all these different things i realized that uh, there's so much that i was uh that i was keeping away from myself so much that i was that i could uh open up to and really express myself in a way that I'd never really done before. And, uh, yeah, it's basically become a big part of who I am and plays a big part in my everyday life as now a social media manager and photographer and musician, um, all these different things have constantly got to be creative, constantly got to find that motivation and constantly have to, be able to create even when I don't think I can, uh, which which really isn't easy. And we'll get into this idea of, or at least I like to think of it as a limited well of creative energy that you can draw upon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, once you've spent that, you might as well just become a zombie for the rest of the day <laughs> and, and that's it. But we can talk about how you can increase that storage of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our old friend Cal Newport, uh, <laughs> I think he'll be making an appearance again. Uh, 
just make sure you check every episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, go and check out uh, other episodes uh, <laughs> on him. Uh, we love you, Cal. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned that you were doing most of your creative work mm-hmm. alongside your studies. Yeah, a little bit. How, yeah, how did you manage to find the energy? Because a lot of people complain they're too tired to do their passion projects or they're too tired to actually do the work. Um, how did you manage to do your studies and then go and write? You wrote a book, a novel? Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's it's still in my drawer. It's still in the process of being oh, written okay. in a yeah. way. But I think it's something that I struggle with as well. And I think everyone's, everyone who is creative struggles with it because there is there's this concept of you, you want to get something out of your head that you sit down and you start working on it. But then there's this this resistance, which every creative person knows that there's suddenly a billion things you'd rather be doing instead of <laughs> this one thing. And it's I don't yeah. think it's a process that ever goes away. You just kind of have to learn how to manage that. And the way I managed it is I would write every morning before my classes. I would have classes at 12 or 11 usually, so pretty late in the day. So I would wake up 7, 8, 9, and then spend maybe an hour, maybe two hours. And I always had a word count limit. It was always... 500 words in the morning and that seemed to yep. be a good start there's people there's powerhouses like stephen hawk not hawking stephen king who <laughs> i mean it may be still hawking too i don't think he, he writes a lot <laughs> i mean he wrote a few books as well but i mean yeah, stephen yeah, king I and he does 2000 words a day which yeah i think he says he spends like four hours every morning but for me you know when i was wow. starting out it was 500 words and that's that's manageable you kind of have to struggle with it a little bit usually the yeah. first 50, the first 100 words are terrible or it just it's just opening up this creative wall which takes a bit of time. But then you usually kind of get into it and then the rest of it is kind of easier. But at the same time, there's better days, there's worse days and some days you can just knock out two, three hours of yeah. creative work easily in the morning. Some days you just wake up and it's not, it, it's nothing's coming out. <laughs> but it, I think it's a good idea to always at least start and like do the 500 words, do the little bit because you can always edit it out later and maybe something nice comes out of it, even if it was painful and you had to struggle and like make sure you're not, you know, procrastinating on Facebook or anything. But it was it was a process of waking up every, mo- every morning and just writing for maybe an hour, maybe two hours. Yeah, I think you, you touched briefly upon something that I would like to talk about, mm-hmm. and that's just getting the first hundred words out. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what they are. You just have to, if you're writing say an article or a book or whatever it might be if you sit down and you can't think of any words write literally anything look around and think uh my curtains are adrift and my window is slightly open the leaves are blowing outside and then just start whatever uh, piece of work you were trying to do just start writing it Mm -hmm. Uh, because you'll find it's similar if anyone's a runner or uh, exercise the first kilometer or so or a few minutes is awful it's hell <laughs> and you hate every second of it <laughs> but once you get a few few miles in you start to feel uh, you can start to get into this state of flow and you don't want to stop and it's the same thing with writing if you just it doesn't matter how bad it is just write whatever comes to mind don't edit don't look back just write yeah, then you mentioned the key thing, don't edit, don't don't look back and don't think, oh, this is terrible. 
I've read somewhere yeah. that you, there's there's two minds. You have the the writer or the creative person, and then you have the editor, and they're both in your mm. head. And the key is not to use them at the same time, uh, but the trick is to use the writer for maybe a day or maybe for a few hours, but it's set for a bit, and then use your editor to kind of edit what you have already. But the writer, okay. the writer cannot be interrupted because that the creative process just stops. So. You, you you go into this writing mode or this creative mode or this music mode, whatever whatever it is that you're doing, and you just just do it. You just get something out because you can always edit yeah. it later. And that's you know it is a process of editing. That's 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 probably even the bigger the bigger chunk of your time is spent editing what you already have. But you cannot do that oh, at the same time. You, it has to be first writing or first creating and then editing the what you've written. And that's what kind of saved me because, you know, you start at first, I would just start writing and I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. I always have this, these thoughts in my mind and I would always reread my, my paragraphs, my sentences, my chapters, but I was just, I was just very slow. It wasn't going anywhere. But then, you know, I switched to a mode of, okay, it's terrible. I know it's terrible, but I'm going to keep it there anyway. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a weird feeling the first time you do it. It's just like, oh, this is terrible. Why I want to, I want to change this word. I want to change this sentence. But it's just a matter yeah. of keeping of you keep going, and then and I know I can always come back, and I, I do come back. And but it's first you have to get something out there. Yeah, here's a uh, million dollar app idea for anyone out there. As you write, it deletes your words, and you can't access them for a set amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. There's something like so that already, can... but it's just like you have to keep writing, otherwise it deletes everything. It doesn't store it for yeah. you; it just it just erases it. I don't know what it's I called. know, I wanted to like, so you write an entire article, but you can only see the few words that you're working on. Mm. And then after, say, 20 minutes, it it um, uncovers the whole article and you get to see what you've written. Yeah, that could be really useful. <laughs> yeah, I'd I love using that. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, program it for me. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> give, give me three months. <laughs> yeah. But how, um, yeah, but, but the management of, of the flow state, you mentioned that a little bit. How, how do you manage the flow state? Or is that something you try and go into every session? Is that something you kind of, kind of let to develop naturally? Or is that something you consciously try and make happen? Yeah, I think if I got into a flow state every single time I did work, I'd probably die. So <laughs> I don't think I'd last too long. Um, I'd overexert myself almost. I think it's necessary to have different types of work or different types of attitudes for um, different purposes. So if I need to get something big done and I need to dedicate three or four hours of real deep work and get into this super focused state, then I'll do it. But I'm not going to do anything else the rest of that day. Right. Yeah. But if I'd sense. rather do, yeah, if I'd rather do eight hours of sustained um moderately focused work then i'll do that and i won't go too deep into it and i can usually sustain that for a few days before i might need to recharge with mm -hmm. something else mm -hmm. um but if i was doing four hours of extremely focused work every morning uh, i don't know how long it would be before i start getting a bit uh not necessarily deflated i don't know if that's the right word but a lot less i find it a lot more difficult to get back into that state if i overdo it yeah, yeah i like to go back and forth between the two it's exhausting it, being in the flow state yeah. being in the creative state it's it feels great when you're in it oh yeah but then you know at least that's what happens to me like i'm i can feel being in the state 
at the same time, yeah. when I'm in there too long, I can feel like my brain still wants to work, but there's no feel anymore. There's, I mean, caffeine also doesn't help with this. Like I drink a lot of coffee and that's, it kind of puts me into this energy flowy state almost immediately. But at the same time, like there are times where I know like, nothing good is going to come out of it. And it's, it's then it's a matter of like me saying, okay, let's take a break. Let's, 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 let's take, let's look at something else for a bit. Let's go for a walk, let's do a <laughs> meditation because I know I want to work, but I know there's also no fuel left. So there is, there's this question of managing, you know, energy, not, not just the flow state, also like your internal energy. Yeah, no, oh, definitely. Um, but I will say that, uh, if in our example with Stephen King, for example, mm-hmm. you can, uh, you can definitely train yourself to do it every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're an author, uh, you'd probably benefit from doing uh, deep work every day um, and if you do want to or if you're interested in kind of expanding this well of creative energy uh, shout out my buddy Cal uh, <laughs> I'd recommend his book uh, his book deep work uh, completely changed my attitude to uh, to working in a flow state or being in that focused intense uh, mindset to work mm-hmm. and like when I first started, I couldn't do much at all. But by the uh, after a few weeks, I think I was doing routinely two or three hours nonstop of uh, pretty intense work. And if you've ever, if you've never done an intense session of just work, you um you you have no idea how much work you can get done <laughs> in like such a short amount of time it's it's crazy and how good it feels as well yeah. it's like sometimes you, you yeah. really struggle to get through it but sometimes if you're really focused on it it just comes to you naturally oh yeah definitely have you heard this idea of you know creativity when people say oh i'm not creative or i i cannot do creative work the there is this idea of people who are really creative who are really who can produce a lot they they don't think of themselves as, you know, them having the idea as them being the creator, but them just kind of accessing this this genius as I think some some old Greek, I think Aristotle, but it might have been Plato, one of them. They said like they don't it's not them who have the ideas, it's them accessing their creative I think it was called either genius or, or daemon. And this daemon has the ideas, but they're just they're just the the the, the scribe who, who puts these ideas on paper. And that's something that kind of comes to me a little bit as well. Like sometimes I, there is this idea in my head, and it doesn't let me be forgotten. It doesn't let me like, doesn't let me forget about this idea. It's it's still there. And sometimes it feels like oh, it's it's not me who has the idea. It's the idea who has me. And it's 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 my job to kind of put it out there, put it into the world. Have you encountered that? Uh, I honestly can't say I've ever thought about something like that or Mm. experienced it um but again i've never heard of it (laughs) so maybe um i'll try and be a bit more aware uh, (laughs) in the future to see if i kind of get that that feeling Mm -hmm. or get that experience out of it yeah it's just there have been times oh yeah go ahead i was gonna say in terms of people being or saying they're not creative or Mm -hmm. they can't be creative i think that's like a pardon my French, but it's a load of shit. <laughs> um, I think they're just not, either not trying 
or they don't they haven't found the right thing to express their creativity mm-hmm. um because you 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 know what i mean when i see say a creative type like yeah the kind of person who was in drama class at school and <laughs> um plays guitar always always brings the guitar to the party and really laid back and colored hair all this kind of stuff yeah. like it definitely brings up a certain image um but funnily enough uh, in my physics class at university there was ex- an extraordinary number of musicians in our class really it's like yeah i don't know what it was about physicists um the biologists didn't have it the chemists <laughs> didn't have it uh the mathematicians because i had friends in all of these but almost all of the people i spoke to played instruments they were in bands i saw a lot of them in the music clubs and uh, I even saw, I've traveled like three hours to a gig one night and saw one of my classmates there. Uh, it was kind of, I know that's not related, but that was just really bizarre. Small um, world. Yeah. Do you, but, have, uh, do you know why that is? I don't know. Um, I've, I've thought about it and anything I do say just kind of sounds like I'm boasting. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't have the words to express it in a way that doesn't make me sound like I'm putting myself on a pedestal of like looking down on people. (laughs) But like there's a certain amount of creativity in physics, Mm -hmm. um, like all these abstract concepts and, um, understanding the way the world works, the universe works, quantum mechanics and nanophysics, all these different things require some kind of abstract, way of thinking mm-hmm. um and in some way being quite creative and i think we almost see uh, when you have that mind you see things a bit differently and with music it's I hesitate to say it's a language but it's it's a way of expressing uh that's different to a lot of other ways i'm talking my at talking out my ass like i know it sounds ridiculous <laughs> but it's like um i can't really express it in uh in words why i think it's yeah um there's a relationship there but i just thought it was interesting at the time and maybe it's something i'll look into mm-hmm. um and talk about and mention it next time briefly i mean i can definitely see see the idea of this since because physics is a way of looking at things and you kind of have to see things before you can express them before you can kind of make your mind about them and that's i think that's a big part of creativity is like seeing things in a specific way or in a different way or in a way that's interesting and then kind of putting that down on paper or in a piece of music but the first step is always yeah. like getting to, to see the world and getting to think about the world in a, in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, I'm just reading an article. <laughs> um, this is where I need like Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> to, <laughs> to research all this stuff. Some AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like Brian Cox, famous musician before he was a, a physicist that's that's my uh, anecdotal evidence mm. and there's more people like that who there was a member of the beatles or the rolling stones one of them oh, oh, yeah. i should have researched this before but there is a correlation between <laughs> music and physics interestingly yeah um <laughs> maybe we'll do an episode on it on that'd physics. be pretty cool <laughs> can do a lecture <laughs> on quantum <Yeah>. mechanics <laughs> yeah 
Um, but yeah, what um, one thing I would like to to take this back to mm-hmm. being creative uh, is this idea of perfectionism mm-hmm. and uh, releasing your or shipping your work before you uh, you think it's finished. Mm-hmm. Because if I I've got this problem, so have a lot of other creative types. We never think our work is as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, if you show it to someone, they'll probably say, oh my God, it's so good. Uh, how can you hate this? Or in your head, you're like, I know this is terrible. Just let me finish it. It's like you see all but the flaws. This... You see everything that's yeah. wrong with it and everything else it could be. But some people don't see the flaws. So I think it's it's not maybe releasing, but just getting feedback on it and getting continual feedback. There's this topic yeah. in, in computer science or in programming. It's called agile. And it's... It's the idea of making improvements as you go along, not kind of giving yourself this one rigid document of this is how it's going to be, but it's, you know, releasing something small, releasing something short, and then putting it out there and getting feedback on it. And it's the same with music. It can be the same with the books, with reading. And that's why people have editors. It's just you, you release something that you know is not it's not great. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you could think it's terrible, but you get feedback on it and you can improve it and just go through this feedback loop of, oh, I made this change. Oh, this sounds good. This sounds better when I put it this way, and it's just like the continual improvement. And there's always improvement. That doesn't mean like what you have is bad. Yeah, um, we touched upon this briefly when we were talking just before the podcast. Um, but this idea of getting people to constantly review your work and make sure you're not the only person that looks at it from start to finish. Yeah, because you start getting tunnel vision almost, and you stop seeing mistakes as mistakes and you stop seeing positives as positives like it's the worst of both worlds yeah <laughs> pretty you, much yeah if you end up being the only one to ever touch it for one you're never going to improve and two you're never going to release it mm-hmm. guarantee it um something i always like to think of is uh perfectionism equals procrastination hmm. uh, just just get it out just uh it's better to fail often and improve often instead of failing once but it's a big failure i agree yeah uh, but that's the scary part you... the release that's the scary part of it you that's that's what happened yeah. to me like i was continually working on it and like oh it's not perfect it's, it's it's not done yet but in reality i was i was scared of releasing it because that would mean opening up to the feedback but i think that was my yeah. mistake like, by not opening it for a long time i would hype the piece in my head so much that i would be so afraid to show it to anyone because they would say, oh, there's this fall, there's this fall. And it just shattered the idea of my perfect little book I had. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So it's 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 so crucial just since it you, you kind of have to expose the work to people if if, you, if it has to have any impact. You, you have to do that. But it's, it's a scary yeah. process. And I, I think that's where my perfectionism came from. It's like by being scared to release it. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if it's, uh, you have the same experience, but people who tend to be of that creative type usually struggle more with anxiety and um issues such like that mm-hmm. um at least that's what i've noticed anyway mm-hmm. they're a lot less receptive to criticism as well uh whereas you get someone who doesn't give a damn they'll <laughs> release it whatever happens like the super confident cocky person um whatever happens happens kind of thing uh, it's a trait shared by a lot of creative types mm-hmm. that you you almost get uh, I don't know if analysis paralysis is the right one, but uh, that kind of overwhelming anxiety that what if people don't like it as much as I think? Yeah. 
or as as much as I think it deserves to be liked. <laughs> and then if that happens, you're going to be crushed and you're likely not going to do it again uh, out of fear of being crushed over and over again. Yeah. I think we have to discard and we have to discard our pride and our egos and really be this confident person like, oh yeah, I can release it. At the same time, knowing that it's not being attached to the piece, but kind of being attached to the process of like, okay, I've released it in this state right now, and but it's 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 terrible. It's not good. And ha having people tell you that it's not good because usually the first time you release something, it, it isn't good. But not being yeah. attached to the first draft, to the first throwaway piece, that's that's a big concept. I think you, whatever you do, if it's the first draft, if it's the first time you've put something down, it's it's gonna be bad. And by the oh, yeah. faster you release it, the faster you get feedback on it, the faster you can make your second draft and your third draft and just these next drafts. And at some point, it will be good enough. And that's when you, you go to the next step. Yeah. Remember, fail more. <laughs> that's all you need to do. The only, you can't fail. Uh, you can only fail when you stop trying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's something I like to remind myself of. It doesn't matter if I fail, I can just do it more, do it again, sorry, do it better. But if I stop uh, trying to improve, then that's when I failed mm -hmm. as, a, as a creative person. I think when you stop un unleashing your creativity into the world, uh, not only are you doing yourself a disservice, but a lot of, uh, a lot of people would have missed out on your creative work and... I like to think if it speaks to at least one person, say a photo I've taken um, or a piece of music I've written, if one person gets any benefit out of it, then it's worth it. And that's what kind of keeps me coming back and creating and doing more, even if I get terrible feedback <laughs> uh, on what I've done, which which does happen. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, no one's no one's protected from that. No, uh, that's true. That blowback of criticism and it does hurt i'm pretty tough um emotionally when it comes to that but you get something that hits you in that spot just right and uh, it sticks with you and you, uh, it's something you while. spend years or maybe months or or just a lot of time agonizing about this specific thing or this specific part of it and then someone's like oh this is terrible or someone just doesn't like it and you spend yeah. you spend blood sweat and tears over that part and <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard but at the same time like it's necessary because only only if you if you discard what's good or what's you know first you discard what's bad but then you have to discard that what's good in order to to only be left with what's great and what's what is the critical the the the, the, the still the very best part of that piece but you, but you have to discard a lot and you have to kill a lot of your work before the greatness comes comes through and but the the flip side of that is like as you go along as you as you do more and more creative work it will get easier in the sense that you still have to sweat through the parts but you you don't get attached as much and it's you know you can always go back and revisit it but you have to go through the process and it, it gets easier in the sense that you, you just get better at the process of, of discarding and not being attached to it the, the actual work yeah. doesn't get easier i don't think it ever gets easier but you, no. get, you get better as a creator. You, you you learn how to take feedback and how to act on that feedback. Yeah, I think sums it up perfectly. Uh, but I think that's uh, it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode today. Uh, I think that's all we got time for. But I think it's been a pretty good, pretty good uh, 
session on creativity mm-hmm. and something I think we'll talk about uh, in, a, in the near future is this idea of being confident um, not necessarily just with your own work uh, how to stop giving a shit <laughs> about what you think what other people think um, getting used to that idea of discarding starting over mm-hmm. so once you do it a few times it's really not that bad it's the but, first time, uh, really. The, the very first time. That's that's yeah. that's the killer. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. As always, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to follow the podcast and uh, share it around to all your all your friends. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, guys. See you later. <laughs>